This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Mahachek, and I had to do this episode today because it happened again. (laughs) I hear it all the time, and every time I hear something that uh, I hear regularly, I always kind of ping it in my brain, and I'm like, I gotta talk about that on the podcast because if it's coming up regularly with me, I know it's coming up regularly with other people, and hopefully it's helpful. So this little pet peeve of mine, I guess I'll call it, has a lot to do with the word busy. It is one of the words that absolutely drives me bonkers when I hear people using busy as a badge of honor in our culture. It absolutely drives me nuts. This should not be something that is highly sought after to be busy. And I'm going to go into why it annoys me so much and and all that. But I want to specifically connect this to how being busy is destroying your health. It is destroying all of our health. And we're going to break it down into three examples of how this is happening. And I also have three tips on how we can hopefully put some pieces into place to make it so it's not going to destroy our health. But... Not only is it destroying our health, but I always think about our kids. It's setting the tone for what is normal for our kids. So let's get into it because I'm going to go off on a ton of tangents. I just know it. So often, because I'm a mother of four, I'm a business owner, I'm a doctoral student, and my kids are all in sports, I get the label of busy. But it's coming from other people. I don't I don't classify myself as busy. It's coming from other people. Other parents will say things like, I don't know how you do it, or wow, you must be so busy. And it's almost like they intend it as some sort of weird compliments. They're almost putting themselves down in a way, kind of, to extend, I guess, appreciation for what I'm doing. But actually, I find the term busy to be a sign that there's imbalance somewhere. I actually strive to be not busy. I strive to find a balance where all the things that everyone in the family want or need to get done, it all gets done. And then the goal for me is to have non-scheduled time where we can just be together as a family and the kids can play in the yard and all of that. That's my goal. If someone says, oh, you're so busy, or they say, sorry, I'm too busy. To me, that means you have time management imbalances that you need to find support with. You may be taking on too much, or you may have issues saying no to things. Either way, to me, being busy is not a badge of honor. In fact, when it comes to your health, being busy or the illusion of being busy may be the thing that's actually destroying your long-term health. Now, I think it's fair to say many Americans are high stress, they're overscheduled, and they're undernourished. Now, for those of you listening from outside of the U.S., by the way, shout out to China. I have a huge China following on this podcast, so I'm happy to to talk about this. So I'm putting it into perspective for people who maybe live outside of, of the U.S. 
maybe you have this perception that nobody in the U.S. is malnourished. How could that be? We have an ever-rising obesity rate. As I've talked about previously, though, the term, the term malnourished means bad. Mal means bad. It actually means bad, wrongful, or ill. I actually looked it up. So you can think of like malfunction, right? Malnourished doesn't always mean underfed. It means the nutrients are poor or bad. You can eat all day, every day, but if you're eating foods or products that contain zero nutrients, you would be malnourished. So for people or families who pride themselves on being busy, look at what it's doing to your nutrition. How is this shaping your kids' eating patterns and what is it teaching them? Many times the food choices that we make when we are crunched for time or when we are overscheduled is poor quality food. A lot of the foods will be either fast food, fried foods, foods that contain a lot of added sugars, added ingredients, preservatives. Most of the time it's very low in fiber and essential nutrients like healthy fats and proteins and vitamins and minerals and all of the things that our body actually needs. Also, not only that, but you look at the food patterns. If you're rushing your kids to eat quickly before a practice or an activity, that's teaching them to eat fast. Even on times or even during times where they don't need to necessarily eat fast, all of a sudden they're going to be eating fast. They start to disconnect their hunger and full cues. They're just eating rush and eating quickly and not processing uh, their, their, what they're actually doing. And that can help, that can actually disconnect them from the hunger and full cues that their body is giving them. Also, I know we've talked about digestion here before, but when you're quickly eating something, you're not chewing it thoroughly. If you're not chewing your food thoroughly, or if your children are not chewing their food thoroughly because they're just eating as fast as they can, then the chunks of food are actually going into their stomach and into their digestive system in a state that is it's not prepared to handle. If you sit and thoroughly chew your food in a relaxed environment, it gets to a certain consistency. When you take two bites of something and swallow it and it kind of scrapes your throat going down because you didn't you didn't chew it properly enough, now it's in your stomach in a more solid form than it is used to doing. And so now it has to recruit other enzymes and other things to hopefully break it down. But a lot of times that can cause a larger particle of food to start passing through the digestive system in a form that it's not used to or accustomed to. So now it's going to take more effort and it's going to be more challenging for it to actually get broken down and absorbed. And many times this does not happen. So many times you have whole particles of food going through your digestive system, nutrients are not being absorbed, and it's actually causing gut inflammation because of the fact it's in a form that is irritating to the gut. It's not in the liquid form that it is when you chew your food thoroughly. And this actually sets the stage for gut infections, gut inflammation, leaky gut, malnutrition, and can set the tone for other health issues down the line. From what I've seen, it's setting the stage for what's normal for your kids. If they grow up eating on the run or grabbing fast food or not carving out time for planning of meals or eating of meals, this is setting the stage for what is foundational for them. These moments in their lives are building their foundation for what's normal. That is what they will resort back to. And this is what they're learning. It's a learned behavior. It's a learned pattern. 
this is what will continue when they grow up to be in a rushed or fast-paced lifestyle. They will respond by repeating what and how they know. Everything that, that they're going through right now will be repeated. And we'll go over ways to teach them supportive habits in a few minutes. I don't want to leave you hanging, but just kind of think about that for a minute. And I've talked about this before in the in some of the kid episodes, but what we what they are being a, exposed to now is creating their sense of normalcy. So what is eating on the run, eating on the fly, fast eating, shoving food in your face on the way to a practice, not carving out the time and sitting as a family and planning out meals? What is that teaching them for when this situation happens again to them in the future, when they're busy and rushed, as every adult is at one point or another? How is that teaching them or what is that teaching them in how they respond? When we're busy, we often neglect our most foundational needs. Eating is, of course, what I'm talking about here. It's foundational. But what about sleep? How many of us have stayed up late finishing something or pulled an all-nighter in college or burned the candle at both ends, as they say, when we're working late on one thing and getting up early to do another? It happens. But the more we cram onto our to-do list, the easier it is to lose sleep or cut out an hour or two of sleep. And then what do we do? We justify it. We tell ourselves, oh, it's okay to stay up late because this has to get done, or I'll just drink coffee in the morning and it'll be fine. But sleep is foundational. Something that is foundational needs to be in place for other things to function properly. It has become socially acceptable to be tired or to cut out sleep. And I'm not talking to you parents of newborns or small children. I feel like that's a little bit, you're, you're exempt from this part of the conversation because I was there. I was in your shoes for almost a decade. I get it. There's nothing more on the planet you want than to get a good night's sleep in that phase of life. I'm more referring to those who consistently voluntarily reduce their sleep to accommodate other things. We've all probably been made aware at this point that when you are in a state of tiredness or sleep deprivation, you make different food choices. But it goes deeper than that. When you're in a state of unrest or inadequate sleep, your stress hormones such as cortisol are released. This can offset other important hormones and it can cause cravings for sugars and carbs and it can cause uh, Hormones like insulin, which are which is very inflammatory, and other immune system pathways to, to be heightened. It can cause suppression of neurotransmitters. It can cause cloudy thinking and brain fog. The list goes on and on, all because you didn't get your body the rest it required. And one other point, I'm not ragging on you if this happens occasionally. We've all had late nights sometimes. I had one the other day and it, it set me off for like the next two days. <laughs> I'm talking more about the effects on your health if you consistently are not getting the good quality sleep your body requires, especially if it's because you have packed your schedule and your commitments during the day. Find the balance with your sleep and guard it. Put up a boundary. Put up a boundary with your family around your sleep. Give yourself a bedtime and stick with it. I can't tell you how many adults I coach on doing this, this exact principle. And when they do, when they put that into place, when they set that bedtime for themselves and that boundary up and they stick with it, it's a game changer for their health. And it's so simple. 
The third way that being busy is hurting your health. When we're rushed and busy, we tend to cut out exercise. For many, exercise is low on that totem pole. And the first thing, usually, is exercise that gets the boot when there's a time crunch. And it makes sense. I get it. Your body will eventually shut down without food and sleep. And with exercise, it's more logical to cut that out, right? I'm not going to sit here and discuss all the benefits of exercise. I'm sure at this point, you're well aware. It's heart health, it's balance, it's muscular strength, endurance, stress management, all of that. So I want to again bring it back to what is being normalized for our kids. Exercise is another foundational part of health. Our bodies were designed to move. They were not designed to sit at a desk for eight hours, then in a car for an hour, then at a practice field or an arena for two hours, then on the couch, then in bed. As part of being foundational, if it's not properly established, other things are impaired. So you may be thinking, well, how is is exercise related to nutrition? Well, our nutrition choices can be thrown off. Have you ever started an exercise routine and you naturally start eating better? They kind of go hand in hand. Our sleep gets thrown off if you don't exercise. Have you ever been that that kind of tired but wired point of the night? It can be a sign that your muscles actually weren't adequately stimulated throughout the day. Our stress levels are often heightened when we don't exercise. Our hormones get thrown off. Our digestion is impacted. So many functional parts of our body system are thrown off when we don't exercise. And if you're someone who's never been in a fitness routine, your body's likely adapted to that, as our bodies tend to do. But think about the possibilities of how much better you could be feeling and functioning if that particular pillar of your health was in place. And the beautiful thing is, exercise doesn't have to be sweating and grunting at a gym for three hours. If that's not your vibe, you can walk around a park. You can walk around the practice field. You can join a park workout like my friend Simone leads. And and if you want to hear more about that, go back and listen to episode, uh, I think it was 45, where she talks about simple ways to fit in movement during your day. The point is, is find what works for you, but make it a non-negotiable or work your way up to making it a non-negotiable. 10 minutes one day as a placeholder is way better than skipping it all together. The goal is longevity and forming a habit. And perhaps the most important thing is when you make exercise a priority during a day or a week that has a lot of commitments, you are teaching those around you that it's possible and necessary to include that into your life. They're always watching. I also want to say that none of this is meant to come across as more to add to your to-do list. I don't have any control over how you are personally filtering in this information, but what I hope is clear is that your health is the most important thing. Hopefully finding a balance with more of those non-negotiables is something that you can spend some time kind of doing and planning. So I wanna talk about a few tips here. And of course, this is not an extensive list, but take some of these and, and process them and kind of see what may stick and land for you. So if you don't already, Set aside 10 minutes during the week to plan out the dinners you're going to be having. I'm not saying you have to make a week's worth of meals at one time. I'm simply saying if it feels better to just write out what dinners you'll be having and at least have those ingredients on hand, 
This can save a lot of brain power during the week. So look at your week kind of at a glance. Which days do you have commitments? If the kids have activities Mondays and Wednesdays, then what makes sense to have for dinner on those nights? On busy nights, plan for easy meals, right? I know that sounds so simple, but easy or busy nights or nights that you have a lot more commitments, just plan for something easy. Quesadillas, turkey wraps, ham sandwiches, soup. The goal on these nights is to not have, you know, a five-star rated meal. The goal is more to have nutritionally dense foods that are going to be supportive to your family and that don't take a ton of time to make. Again, I'm always thinking about how our current actions will set the stage for our kids' future. So show them that you don't have to rely on DoorDash or stopping at a drive-thru every time that there's an activity scheduled. Again, people get very defensive when I bring up some of these strategies. I understand that there are days that this absolutely has to happen. That's what these services are for, right? That's what they're there for, to help support you. But if you find that your family is relying on them every time there's a busy day and those busy days are somewhat foreseen, how can you support your family in a more nutritionally supportive way versus relying on those activities? The second tip I have is have older kids be involved. If you'll be coming home from work with only a short time to cook dinner before an activity, how can your kids help? Can they chop some veggies? Can they make some wraps? Can they heat up soup? Can they make their own sandwich? This to me is a key part of my role as a parent. And yes, my kids happen to have one parent who's a nutritionist, but even if I wasn't one, showing them simple and easy meals that they can make themselves, to me ranks up there with teaching them how to tie their shoe and learning to pee on the toilet. It's a foundational skill. And one, unfortunately, that is not being taught in most schools anymore. So learning at home is the goal. By the way, shameless plug, I do offer a service for schools and teachers where I come in and teach simple nutrition strategies for kids ages five plus. Outreach me if you want to set that up for your class, your school, or your sports team. Anyway, so tip number three, it may be time for some pruning. If you constantly feel like you're going from one thing to the next and your health is now suffering, where can you prune back the busy tree? Can you have a child get a ride with a teammate? Can you sit down and carve out non-negotiable boundaries with your family? Can you say no to something? When you trim back the branches and dead parts of a tree, it allows for growth of new and wonderful things. When you can cut out some of the things that don't support you and your family, you make room for the things that do. On a personal note, I had to do this. With four kids in sports, there got to be a point where I realized I physically couldn't be in two places at once, right? Duh, you know? So I coordinated a carpool with a mom friend. Shout out to Alyssa. And after a few weeks, we ended up actually dropping my son from his sport. I mean, he's four, so it's okay. But mainly because he was bored, but also because of the time. But I have to say, the non-quitter in me really struggled for a moment with this. I thought about powering through for the whole season, but with him not liking it and knowing how much time and mental space it would actually free up for our family, it was an easy no-brainer choice to do. So where can you ask for support or where can you prune back the busy tree? All right, so to sum it all up, can we please stop using busy as a badge of honor? Anyone can fill every waking minute of their life with something. 
It's not powerful. It's not amazing. It's potentially harming your health and the future health of your family. What's beautiful and amazing is finding balance, using your support people, tending to all of your personal needs, and making sure that your foundational pieces of health are being met. This should be the goal. This is the thing that we should be revering in our fellow peers. And also, if you're noticing somebody who maybe be off balance, how can you support them? Now, I want you to take what we just talked about and think about your health. What symptoms are you experiencing? Do you have sleep issues? Do you have anxiety? Do you have digestive problems like bloating or constipation or heartburn? Do you have weight gain? Do you have acne? Do you have migraines? What negative symptoms are you experiencing in your body right now? Or maybe do your family members have a negative symptom in their body right now? Maybe a spouse or a child. How could these symptoms, if at all, be related to your schedule and the foundational pillars of health, such as nutrition, sleep, and exercise? I will bet you they are definitely related to at least one, if not all, in some way. So what can you do to find the balance? Who do you need to ask for support? What needs to shift? And what is your first step? When you find the answers to these questions, shoot me a message on social, send me an email, tag me in a post about this episode and what you come up with. I want to know if it's helpful and I want to know what your action steps are for you to find your balance. So thank you for listening today. I hope you have a wonderful and balanced rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.